everyone and welcome back to the ITE Talks podcast, International Teachers Education Talks. I'm your host Melinda and after a while I'm back again with the ITE Talks. Today I'm joined with Renske Zurfein, who is a specialist in productivity, learning strategies, psychology and behavioral change. She has completed her bachelor's degree in psychology at the University of Groningen which she later followed up with a master's degree of science in psychology and law at Maastricht University. She helps you to create your unique habits that boost your productivity. Therefore, she's interested in changing bad habits and finding your unique way of studying in order to become more productive. Let's listen to her. Hello and welcome back to the ITE Talks podcast, International Teachers Education Talks. I'm your host Melinda and today I'm joined with Renske Zurfein. She's a specialist in productivity, learning strategies, psychology and behavioral change. And besides that, she does a lot of other things as well. I'm very happy to have her here and welcome Renske Zurfein. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yes, thank you for setting time apart. Um, so first question, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, yes, um, I'm Renske Zurven. You pronounced my name perfectly. <laughs> Most Amazing. of the time it's like a Rensk or something like that. Yeah, um, well, something about me. I was actually born and raised in Friesland. Uh, I've lived in Groningen for quite a while. I live in Leeuwarden right now. I've... Well, I had a lot of different jobs. I've worked at the public prosecution service for a while. I've been a researcher for several years and I've worked at NHL Stenden University as a teacher, as a researcher, but also as a thesis coordinator. So I did a lot with uh, fourth year students. Uh, I'm a podcast host as well, actually. So uh, most surprisingly, my podcast is about productivity, focus, attention. And unique habits to to be more productive. So I was thinking about one of my weird habits because I like talking about weird habits. And one of my weird habits is that I hate spoilers. And I I know sometimes people hate spoilers, but I really really hate spoilers. So every I really like uh, watching movies, watching series, reading books, but everything I read, listen to, watch, I don't know anything about what I'm going to read or watch. Mm-hmm. So that is one of my weird habits. Okay, then you're talking to the wrong person right now because <laughs> I I always spoil everything with my friends. Um a bad habit of mine, I guess. Um so you mentioned a little bit about where you've worked. What what was your educational background? How did you get to the places that you are right now? Yeah, that that went um, like back and forth. Uh, I studied my ag- educational background uh, studying psychology. So I did a bachelor's program in Groningen. I did a specialization in work and organizational psychology. Uh, but then I was looking at different master's programs and I was completely intrigued by this master's program in Maastricht. So I moved to Maastricht and did the master's program psychology and law. And that was a great year. So it was about perpetrators, defendants, victims, interviewing techniques, killing sleepwalkers, that sort of thing. Uh, but the downside was there weren't many jobs in that period of time in that area. So I did a lot of internships as well. I actually also did some research that's called a Project Gerede Twijfel, Project Reasonable Doubt. So we um, 
uh, did research about a double homicide case. Um, and that got me thinking, I want to do, I want to study a bit more. So I actually did a criminal law program as well. So I got my master's degree in criminal law as well. Uh, and then, so then it's when I started at the public prosecution service. So that is how it, how it went. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Um, so you also, you have your own company. You do a lot of different things. I'm really impressed by it. Um, <laughs> it's truly inspiring. Um, so you also have your own company. Could you tell us about that as well? Yeah. Yeah. My company is called uh, Plan and Simple. So that's nice to say in an uh, English podcast, actually. Um, what I do is I provide one-on-one -on -one programs uh, for people who are struggling uh, most of the time with their focus. And that could be like their focus is all over the place. So they have a very short attention span or like when they're struggling with hyper-focus. So they don't take any breaks or that sort of thing. Uh, but the one-on-one -on -one program is... Um, about their workflow as well. So think about how to manage your tasks, your emails, your calendar, everything that's going on in your head. Like it can all be a bit chaotic. So I help people to organize their workflow and help them to focus better and use time blocking to get everything they can get done in that focus time block. So that is what I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it sounds interesting how did that start like how did you the, the idea of the company how did that start well it was actually after the COVID period uh, and two things happened then and one thing was that well I I couldn't stop thinking about the, this passion I had for years and years so I was always uh, being was thinking about how I could be more efficient, how to work more effectively, how I could get my flow going, how teams could work more constructively. I was always looking with my colleagues, like, how are they doing things and how can they maybe do it a bit more efficient? And I always was thinking, maybe I should do something about that. And during COVID or after COVID, I was thinking, okay, maybe I should now really start that company that I was thinking for years and years that I maybe should start someday. And the second thing that happened was, uh, of course, after COVID, I was very excited to see my colleagues again, to see the students again. But I also got some sort of taste of freedom. Like I could work from anywhere. I could work during the hours I wanted to work. I could take, take breaks in the way I wanted to. So um, that inspired me as well that I was thinking, well, maybe if I start my own company, combined with the freedom it would give me that I could live a bit more of the life that maybe I wanted to live at that moment so yeah so I really like my job that wasn't the reason why I quit but it was just something I needed to do I felt like I needed to do yeah mm -hmm. wow interesting uh interesting take and I'm I understand the fact that it gives you a lot more freedom since you have yeah you're, you're your own boss technically mm -hmm. um but that also kind of leads into the topic, how do you, when everything's in your hands, how do you manage to stay productive and make the right choices when it comes to time management and kind of planning everything? How do you do that? Well, I have uh, specific methods and habits that I know work well for me, because of course, when you're your own boss, um, you could think, well, I could do that today, but I could do that tomorrow as well. And of course, I have my clients, so I know one to prepare for those sort of things. I do workshops as well. 
So there's a lot of things in my calendar I have to keep track of, but I know exactly what helps me to work most productively. So for example, like between 10 a.m. and like in the late morning, those are my very specific timeframes. I can work, work very well. So I don't schedule anything. And that is when I do a lot of my work. And of course, I know where I want to go with my company. I know what I want to achieve. So that gives me the motivation uh, to do every day what, what needs to get done, but what I want to get done. But I guess it all depends on knowing what you want to do and knowing yourself so you'll know which habits you need and which methods work well for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that, would you also advise this for people that are struggling to find like to plan their day would you suggest that having a goal a clear goal is a way to kind of achieve that productivity well I guess having a clear goal is something that everybody says you should should have and of course it's very important but setting a goal is very easy like saying I want to earn a million dollars in a year that's very easy to do but getting the system in place to reach that goal that is a lot harder so it's actually about getting the right system in place to get to that goal and of course not it being a goal that you don't feel like you really want to achieve so knowing where you want to go and knowing which systems you need to get there those are I think the most important things and I think there's a lot of progress being made in people accepting themselves a lot more so choosing the things in life they want to do knowing what they want to do But I think it's a bit lagging in the workplace in studying as well. Mm -hmm. Like most of the time when I hear people uh, and asking them, why do you do the work in the way that you do it? Or why do you study in the way that you study? It's most of the time something like, well, uh, my fellow students are doing it as well. And uh, it's something that I see other people do. Or in the beginning, I didn't really know how. So I just started it this and that way. Or maybe... In, the, in this day and age, most of the time it's something like, oh, I saw that on LinkedIn or, or I read a book about it or something like that. But I don't think we listen enough, enough to ourselves in what we need to do the work that we need to do and be the most effective in doing that work. And it really doesn't have to be eight hours a day. If you get the right habits in place, you can do it in a lot less time. So um, do you suggest that um, motivation and like, goal-oriented working is something that is internal? I think you can't deny that the external part is there as well. I remember I, I really didn't like every subject I had. Do you like every subject you have? Um, <laughs> I have my favorites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's always subjects that you really like that you don't really need to motivate yourself to read the book or to, you know, do the assignment. But I remember neuropsychology was a subject I really didn't like. I still don't, I'm not interested in which part of the brain does what, I don't care. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, I wanted to complete my study. So for that sort of thing, the external part is really important. Like what I really did want was to cross it off, just to get it off my list, to get the ECTS, to just know that I didn't have to look at that book again. So that, of course, could motivate you as well to do the things that you want to do. But for the more, most part, it's it's the internal, like like having a genuine interest in wanting to learn something, wanting to know something, wanting to do something. So I think that is the biggest motivator to do something. 
And sometimes maybe students lose track of that, mostly in a bachelor's program. It's a couple of years. And then I did a lot with first year students. And actually in a, in a few months, uh, they were like, oh, I don't know if this is the right studies for me. And of course, sometimes you have to think about why did I choose this in the first place? And what do I want to achieve in the end? And maybe I'm just doing a subject right now that is not one of my favorites, but what is still to come? So mm -hmm. I think it's always like the synergy between the internal and the external. Yeah. Yeah. And as a teacher, did you, I mean, it's a bachelor's degree, so there's, I feel like there's less um, kind of autonomy like there's more autonomy for the student and a teacher is has less of an influence on their students but how did you try to kind of create that productive environment for them to be motivate like to be motivated more to to finish their studies or did you do that or did you not do it I mean it works differently in high schools um but yeah well I was teaching statistics so that wasn't really the reason why students chose. <laughs> so that was actually, it's a really good example of something that I, I know that, especially with the first time they would see me and I'm like, oh, okay, hmm, statistics right now. Sometimes it was scheduled on a Friday morning, like it's the worst possible time. Um, but the thing I was always thinking about was giving them value. And of course, always getting those links in place between the job they were eventually going to have and what statistics could really mean for that job and why it was important for them to have the knowledge to have the skills so i think that is something that could really help for the motivation and for the productive environment environment and well something i never really believed in and still don't um uh, and I'm only speaking for myself in my own opinion now, of course, is a mandatory um, being there because you have to be there. I was always thinking, well, you're grownups. Uh, you have chosen the studies for a reason. You make the decision if you want to be here or not. But of course, it was my task and something I really felt was I needed to create the value they needed uh, to complete the test, of course, but to also know why it was something they needed for their future mm -hmm. yeah I think it really aligns with my point of view about being a teacher is just showing them that they are going to go get to their goals and you're just kind of that facilitator for them to get there um do you think it's always the teacher's job to do this always of course it's never always mm -hmm. um like it, it I would like I did a lot of research subjects as well um and sometimes students would like two days before the deadline would say I don't know what the outline of the research report should be and then I wasn't motivated at all to help them I was like okay we had <laughs> we had 10 weeks of this you could have asked me sooner so of course there's a responsibility for the student as well and I was always happy to help but there are different ways in helping students so I think it's it goes both ways but I never felt the need to like like to pull on students like I really need to explain to students why it is important why uh, at some point it was my job to give provide the value and their job to engage in the class itself and I always had something, I was always saying, like, if you 
are distracted or some way, uh, look at your phone and don't talk to your fellow students. And they were always, look at my phone. Can we look at our phones? And I was like, yeah, but then you won't distract your fellow students. And it's like a reverse psychology. Like if I tell them you can look at your phone, they never looked at their phone. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the responsibility of the student to come with a certain mindset to the class. I think that is the responsibility of them. But of course, the biggest responsibility lies with the teachers and provide the value. Yeah. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, another thing I just thought about was what kind of strategies would you give students to stay productive? I mean, we've talked about it all a little bit, but what do you suggest them to do if they're, for example, not motivated to do their best within a study? Well, I get a lot of times I get the question, um, do you have some practical tips for... Mm -hmm like yeah. teachers or, or whatever um, job people have. But my answer is always, and it's a, it's a bit silly one, uh, that depends. It always depends on the person itself, the unique characteristic that person has. A lot of students have very different reasons why they chose that specific study. They have very different characteristics that help them to get to that place where they're motivated to study for a certain subject to get the interest for a certain subject so the the practical tips would always be different for that different student but i think you always need to think about who you are what your interest is why you chose to study in the first place uh, and think about your own ways in getting more motivated and that's it's it's always has to do with and knowing that you have the skills to do something and having genuine interest in something. But yeah, that's also, of course, something I do with my company. I, I want to ask people a lot of questions. I want to know who they are and what their specific characteristics and traits are so I can make a custom-made program for them that, that works. Because, yeah, it's very ironic, actually, that if you Google productivity tips, you, you could easily go on for months and months applying those tips and 95% of them will be a waste of time because they won't fit with mm -hmm. what you need at that specific moment. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a silly answer. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. No, obviously it, it changes. And I understand that as well. Like it can change from environment to environment and from person to person, um, which is also kind of an enrichment because that means that we're all different and we kind of have our own ways to do things. Um, yeah, so no, it's, I think I see it as an enrichment. Um, so lastly, what kind of general advice would you like to give student teachers or teachers who are already in uh, doing their job? What, what advice would you give them? Well, I think something I struggled with or something when I started out as a teacher was give, 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 give. So I would give extra handouts i would give extra feedback i would schedule extra sessions with them i would give feedback on every single grammar mistake or that sort of thing and i think it's important to give room for the struggle i call it i think the struggle is a very important part of learning so i think a very concrete tip would be explain a concept and go get some coffee get out of the room <laughs> Uh, give the students some time to struggle with it, to think about it and let the questions come. It's sometimes very hard for a teacher to be comfortable with the silence, with 
seeing that they have all sorts of questions that they're struggling with all sorts of things you know the answer to, but just let them struggle with it for a while and wait for them to come to you. Because of course, there's a reason why we chose to become a teacher because we want to help. Um, but sometimes it's important to just wait and see uh, for students to come with the questions regarding which specific help they need from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank you a lot for um, the things you've said. Um, I think there's a lot of value in them and I would like to apply some of them myself to stay more motivated. Um, thank you a lot uh, for your time. And is there anything else you would like to mention? Maybe you could mention a little bit about your podcast. Maybe people can w listen to it. Yeah, of course. Um, well, the podcast is called, this. it's the same name as my company. So it's called Plan and Simple. Uh, I wanted to make it a bit, you know, just fun to listen to. So it's also about like the weird little quirks people have to get them focused, get them productive. So uh, of course, if, if people want to listen to them, I invite them to do so. And what I really like is for people to uh, ask me questions about it. So um, feel mm. free to reach out and uh, talk about any subject that you might have questions on. Amazing. Thank yeah. you a lot. So that was it for this episode. I hope to see you in two weeks time again. Feel free to reach out for any ideas or suggestions.